iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, this is the Game Football Podcast from The Times. Today, Kevin De Bruyne returns for Belgium, but is he enough to make them Euro 2020 winners? It's two wins from two for the Dutch, and we'll look ahead to the long-awaited meeting of England and Scotland. This is the Game Euro 2020. And as always, if you're loving our Euro 2020 coverage, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure you're subscribed to The Times and The Sunday Times right now. It's yours for less than a pound per day. Go online, search thetimes.co.uk forward slash the game, and you can begin your free trial right now. I'm Hugh Wizencroft, back once again, still in Baku, by the way, with Gregor Robertson, Alison Rudd, Jonathan Northcroft, and Henry Winter on a bumper episode of the game. How are you all doing? Gutted. Good. Good, Very good. Wow. Gutted from Alison Rudd there. What's, what's going on? North Macedonia. I'm very glad they didn't hold my big feature till they were in the knockout phase because there would be no knockout phase for them. They've gone kaput. Is this another prediction you've made that's gone wrong already, Alison? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't predict they would win the Euros, but I, I hoped. I hoped they might do rather better than they have done. They were mm. gutsy. They were gutsy. At least you give them that. Well, let's actually begin with another team you tipped to do well at uh, Euro 2020 in the shape of Denmark, Alison. Uh, but firstly, the emotion really of the tribute during their game against Belgium on the 10th minute. Of course, the number 10 is Christian Eriksen's shirt number. Following his cardiac arrest during their opening match, there was a minute's applause that followed the ball being kicked out. And it was a very poignant moment. What did you make of it? I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure it was strictly necessary for the ball to be kicked out for there to be that moment. I think that moment could have happened. But then I saw the referee applauding too and I thought oh well, that's quite nice because it means that everyone can be involved if the ball's gone out of play so on balance I thought it worked um, and again it didn't need that to happen to know that something special and different was going on because of the simply because of the way that Denmark played I mean they they were playing for their teammate and because they knew the first match was not a real match and they dropped points in peculiar circumstances. Um, so they had, uh, I don't know, quadruple the energy they'd shown against Finland. They were chasing every ball like, it, you know, like, like it was the final or something. It was, it was a very, very passionate footballing performance, not just what happened in the stands. Um, I don't, 
I'm not sure they, they've ever played quite like that before. It was it, it was just remarkable. I, I can't quite believe they didn't win. It was <laughs> they had uh, all the chances, most of the chances, um, all the chances in the first half. Got better again in the second half. They never gave up. It was a match run on adrenaline and emotion and passion and a need to win. Um, but, you know, what can you do when you come up against opponents that have the sheer, sheer quality that Belgium have? They, they just, I got, I actually got the impression, Roberto Martinez, that he knew it was going to be this way. And he asked his players to just take it slowly, absorb the energy that Denmark would have and bide their time and they would get their breakthrough. And that's, Exactly. If that was his plan, that's exactly what happened. Gregor, that first half in particular from the Danes, given everything that had happened in that first match and the emotion and thoughts that have happened since the conversations, of course, with UEFA and just the whole outpouring of stress, I guess, everything that's happened. What did you make of that Danish first half? They were outstanding. They really were. And Alison summed up there very eloquently. It was, it was an, a half kind of fueled by emotion. You know, we 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 kind of discussed last night what how are they going to react to this? You know, Poulsen had said before the game that he thought it would make the squad stronger and more together, and they just flew at the traps. And you know, they were saying in commentary as well, football is about many things, tactics and you know, technique and all sorts of things. But <laughs> if the team has that much more energy than the than their opponents and they're willing to kind of run, 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 fight, 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 um, as they were in that first half, then it's very hard no matter who you're playing against. And they just couldn't quite sustain it. And, you know, that coupled with the changes that Belgium made in the second half, um, you know, they, they just kind of waned slightly and then they grew back into it again. They found a little bit more. Um, and as Alison said, they had some really good chances. You know, uh, Braithwaite had a couple of really, really good chances. One that was a brilliant block from Ida World, right, you know, kind of right at the death after he'd kind of slalom through the defence. And uh, a header as well that clipped the bar. So they were still unfortunate to not to get something from the game, I thought. Johnny, the feeling in the stadium, the same stadium in which Christian Eriksen had his cardiac arrest was, was immense, wasn't it? It was extraordinary. Um, it, it felt like, uh, you know, I think we spoke about this last time um, after Ericsson's, um cardiac arrest that, that in some ways Denmark were winners that day because of the togetherness of the, of the players and, and the, the, the togetherness with the fans. And it, it felt a bit like that. It, it may, maybe, maybe the harsh reality um, will dawn on the players that they've lost two games. But I just think they, they, they've emerged with so much credit and admiration. Um, they're a team I admired anyway. You know, they play nice football. We saw that against England. And they've got some some great personalities in that team that, that, that we know, like Casper Schmeichel. But last those two games, I've, I've just got an even greater sense of them as human beings, the, the team that they are, the passion that they bring to their, their cause. Of course, having a full stadium made a, a big difference as as well. And without being trite, it was it was the, 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 the it was if the players were looking to try and make a statement or a tribute or something on behalf of a watching Christian Eriksen, there's no much more they could have done in the games. That Alison summed it up really well. They played beautifully. Um, I've never seen. Dem- uh, Belgium forced back like that a team of that quality just pendant their, their own third for, for nearly 45 minutes and I guess there's no shame losing to the, the two goals they lost to 
Well, they did lose in the end and Belgium were absolutely fantastic in the second half to come from behind and secure their place in the last 16 of Euro 2020. But at halftime, a certain Kevin De Bruyne entered the arena and, and wow, Henry, he was unbelievable coming back from that broken eye socket. I mean, it's remarkable. The, uh, I mean, the, his, his creativity and his finish as well. And I mean, the focus will be on De Bruyne and Hazard as well arriving and Witzel. But I mean, for me, the player of the match was Lukaku. I just thought he was absolutely immense. The work that he did, I mean, as, as Alison uh, described, I mean, Denmark had 21 shots in the game, Belgium only six. But it was Lukaku's, just his constant running, his intelligence, his holding up of the ball, the creativity that he showed out wide and just that resilience to withstand, you know, challenge after challenge, to not give the ball away and then to work it across for for De Bruyne to score was, was just sensational. So, I mean, look, my tips are notoriously bad. They're my team. Because everyone went for France, I thought I'd go for Belgium to win the, the tournament. Because of the age, because you just think this is almost a team, particularly when you look at their defence and the age of their defence. You just think this really has to be their time, certainly this year or next year in Qatar. And you look at the quality of the goalkeeper, Courtois, and you just think they've got a spine through there. I mean, Johnny lives in Leicester. He doesn't need reminding how good Tielemans is. And then for De Bruyne to come on and regain more fitness and for Hazard as well, obviously his brother was already on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just fantastic, but it was just one of those occasions. I was, I was only watching on the, on the television, but to hear all the fans in the stadium, and as, as Alison pointed out, you know, that after 10 minutes, I thought it was beautiful when the ball got kicked out. And, and fair play to the referee as well. Not only did he handle that moment perfectly, I thought he handled the whole game superbly. And, you know, we're always looking in the immediacy of these events, close up to events. We're looking for the sort of longer term significance. And I think one of them is just simply the quality of the refereeing, their judicial use of VAR, their confidence to call a dive a dive, their reliance on uh, their uh, assistance to make the right offside decisions. So we don't have this sort of painful recourse to, uh, to, to VAR that, you know, all the time. I just thought he was fantastic. So yeah, the focus will be on, the, you know, that um, amazing tribute to, uh, to Christian Eriksen. That was the most important part of the day. But, you know, the, the, the lesser things, the quality of the refereeing, the work of Lukaku, the coolness of De Bruyne as well, on such an emotional occasion to have that ice in his veins as he did then. You know, it was, it was, a, it was a very actual moving game to, to watch. Mm, I, I tend to agree with you. And, and also about Belgium's possible chances of winning this competition. You mentioned that spine. It's a great spine, Johnny. De Bruyne and Lukaku maybe accenting just exactly what they've got throughout the squad. Do you agree with Henry? Could it be enough for them to, to go all the way? I do. They were, they were, they were my picks as well, actually, um, for many of the reasons Henry mentioned. And I thought it was also ominous that Eden Hazard made a bit of a return um, in a cameo form. Um, you know, there's a lot more to come from him, but when he gets in the mood, my goodness, that that make that elevates that team further. Lukaku's just gone on and to a different level as a player. I think in the last couple of years, um, maybe the defence is the one issue, and we saw that with you know Denier was 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 terrified at times, and um, the two old Spurs lads beside him are, are, are getting on. Um, so there are there are weaknesses. Every team's got a bit of a weakness. Um, what 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 Belgium have got, and, and you know, like football cliches die hard in 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 fans in this country sometimes. And you say the word Belgium, and in a kind of word association game, people say oh, bottlers. 
I mean, that, 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 that's gone. That's absolutely gone. You know, that went in the World Cup when they came back from 2-0 down to, to beat Japan and then went and beat Brazil. And they've stayed number one in the world for three years. And, and, and you don't do that without being able to take on all comers. At the World Cup, they just got beaten by a brilliant France team. But they've certainly got the resilience, as they, as they showed by withstanding what they withstood tonight. Uh, and, and I think they, they you know, I'll, I'll stick with them as, 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 as favourites and them in France. But um, when they've got that, that firepower, they can win any game. I was so sure, Johnny, you were going to say word association Belgian um, chips with mayonnaise and Poirot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do love them. There's a lot of Belgian fries um, outlets in Leicester, which I think I've, I've mentioned before. <laughs> Very popular locally here. Gregor? Yeah, no, I'm slightly less, I'm slightly more sceptical about them. I still think there's a little fragility in it. You know, it is the defence. I think Vertonghen was, had a pretty kind of torrid period in that first half. Um, I'd have held, I think those two players have still got it within them to be, you know, good enough to play at, at this elite level and and go all the way. But I don't know whether they, you know, there's just a question mark whether they will or not. And Denier is probably not quite to that same level. Um, so that's the question mark for me. And I, I just think there is still a bit of a fragility there. But you know, when De, when De Bruyne is in the peak of his powers, and you know that touch. That touch for the for for Hazard's goal when you know everyone everyone in in football would shoot or you know it just it just was it was just sensational and the kind of perfect weight and then the little drag back without even having to look just knowing who was there he is just a special player so they've always they're always going to have a chance with him and Lukaku. It wasn't the only special goal in the game. If if Patrick Schick wins goal of the tournament for his finish from halfway, surely De Bruyne's winner is a is a close one, Alison, in terms of a team move. Yeah, no, it was um, it was very beautiful, but you have to factor in more than just. The goal itself, don't you? And uh, I thought Schmeichel's positioning was a bit iffy and therefore maybe quite a lot of people could have scored that goal. I mean, maybe I'm being hypercritical, but I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I think I think she... Well, David Marshall's positioning was a bit iffy for Patrick Sheik. Okay, so. right, Nothing right, wrong okay. with it. Nothing <laughs> wrong with it. No, no. <laughs> but that, that, that had had calculation behind it. Sheik knew he would be off his line, so that made it an even better goal. I'm still sticking with Sheik as the best goal so far. But yeah, I mean, when they they did attack, they did attack beautifully Belgium. And maybe they have grown up a bit because they decided to only do it in spurts rather than just keep going for it. They paced the game very well in what for them must have been difficult circumstances. Henry's not blaming Schmeichel though. No, I'm just celebrating the goal. I actually, uh, I, I paused it and went back over it about 10 minutes and I missed 10 minutes of the uh, of the game, hoping that there wouldn't be another goal because I just wanted to enjoy it again. And, you know, we when I wasn't reporting on the match, but we do this a lot during matches that uh, you go back over and over again just to make sure you get every little sort of detail right. And Lukaku, Tielemans, one hazard, another hazard, De Bruyne. And De Bruyne's finish against the goalkeeper of Casper Schmeichel's quality, it had to be perfect. And it was. I mean, it was just one of those goals that you just put. And, he, you know, you flick onto social media and when you see all the former pros gushing over a finish, you know how special it is. But that counts as a near that counts as a near post finish, and every goalkeeper will tell you they they think that doesn't really count as a great goal if it goes in the near post. It's their fault, partly. It's a great goal. I must think it's not a great goal, Henry. I just don't think it's one of the <laughs> greatest. Okay. 
the Belgians are through. We can bicker off air about whether the goal was of the quality of Patrick Schick's, uh, but they are, of course, motoring along very, very nicely. And we'll see what more the Belgians have uh, to give us in Euro 2020. Uh, elsewhere today, in Group C, finished Ukraine 2, North Macedonia 1. Of course, Alison's still devastated about that. The Netherlands 2, Austria 0. Just very quickly on the Dutch, does anyone believe that they could worry some of the best teams in this tournament, especially if they're playing in Amsterdam, Gregor? What do you think? Whether they can worry the, some of the best teams, I'm not still uh, sure of, but I know that I really enjoy watching them play. Um, as much as probably any team we've seen, actually. I think they, they're really play with a lot of energy, they're dynamic, um, particularly down the flanks. I've seen Dumfries, who's got the best name in the world, uh, having a fantastic <laughs> tournament so far. Um, and yeah, I, I think they've been great to watch. You know, they weren't they, they weren't at their best tonight, probably. Um, and they haven't really been tested. That's the thing. We, until we see them tested, you know, uh, it's the same with a, a few teams. We, it's hard to know, but I think there's certainly a lot of a lot of potential in this team. And as I say, they, they you know they play with a lot of pace and purpose. Um, and I've really enjoyed watching them. So defensively, it's still going to be the the question mark. You know, they 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 had the licht back. Uh, tonight and he, he pulled up with cramp at the end it was, it was like severe cramp <laughs> he was uh, he was not enjoying that um but great to watch so far so um i've got the hope for them anyone else very quickly hoping for great things of this touch side johnny uh, I'm, I'm amazed at their performance level having seen them against scotland just before the tournament where they just looked like a classic team that was worse than the sum of its parts but they've come together they need a striker i mean weghorst is is you know, a sort of car horse, really, isn't he? But and and, and Memphis is a he's a, he's, a, he's he's you know still a player with with great talent, but not sure if he's a if he's a number nine or number ten or whatever he is. You know, I think he needs to be playing off somebody better than Vekos, basically. But they're coming to get him. When you see a team of De Jong and Wijnaldum in midfield playing like they did tonight, you, you start to get persuaded. And Dumfries is. Sure, he's more than just a good name. Um, I like Malin coming <laughs> off the bench. Um, I don't think they'll win it, but they've got a better draw, let's say, than than England's half of the draw. So they they they, they could have a bit of a spurt. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's the eve of the big one, so let's end on this. I'm sure it's going to be a long discussion, though. We have been waiting for this one ever since the draw was made. The big game at Wembley is tomorrow. England versus Scotland in Group D. The nation will be watching. Very quickly, though, a big piece of team news, Henry. So do you think Harry Maguire will be involved from the start? Will he play a part from the bench, possibly, at the heart of England's defence? No, I think he, he comes off the bench. I think if you've got uh, Chen- Adams, who's looking like he's going to start for, uh, for for Scotland, I think, and and Dykes as well. I think England have got to be fairly wary about uh, easing uh, Maguire back in there. So I think we're expecting, obviously, Pickford in goal. Uh, the only change from the uh, Croatia game, looking like at fullback with Rhys James's pace and delivery, and, and Luke Shaw on the left. I think partially because uh, Southgate is, I mean, he's been talking all week to his players about the need to sort of deliver balls better into to the area. And if you've got Sterling drifting inside and Foden obviously coming inside, then it makes sense to have those sort of fullbacks in terms of Rhys James and Luke Shaw. And then the rest is as expected. Stones making centre-back, Rice holding, Phillips Mount uh, pushing on and Foden Kane and uh, Sterling up front. There were some feelings that maybe Foden would be dropped for Jack Grealish. This is maybe the popular choice for the fans. You don't think, Henry, Grealish might deserve a start? I think Grealish is a superb player, but I think, I mean, if you're looking at how the Scots try to get down the, the wide areas, you're going to need, you're going to be needing players who are going to track back. And if Grealish comes in, I mean, Foden's probably quicker than, than Grealish. England's only other real flyer particularly if Walker's been taken out of the equation, is is Sterling. So look, I think I can understand all the bandwagon for, 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 for Grealish, but I just think that you look at the quality of Foden, you look at the level that, that he's been playing at all season. I just can't see, I, you know, it's going to be either Foden or Grealish because you're going to need Sterling or Rashford's pace. Obviously, Kane is untouchable. So I, I think Grealish may come on with sort of half an hour to go, but uh, I can't see him starting. I like the fact it's a very balanced podcast this evening. Two Scots, two England fans. Let's let's talk to the Scotsman for a moment. Jonathan Northcroft, Gregor Robertson. Jonathan, I'll start with you. How, how are the nerves? <laughs> um, oh, I'm dreading tomorrow, I must be honest. Um, <laughs> Come on, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, it's like, I mean, oh, I've just, just about got over my anger about Monday and um, uh, I, I, I can just see so many bad scenarios for Scotland. Although, listening to Henry there, I'm, I'm, I'm quite encouraged, actually, if, if, if the team, England team, is as outlined. Because I, just from an instinctive Scotland point of view, I'm glad. I'll be very glad if Jack Grealish isn't on the pitch. Because he just, see, I just feel he's, he's a player for this game. And that, brilliant as Foden is, um, brilliant as Sterling is, I think what that England team would do is give Scotland the opportunity to sit really deep. And, and just try and be as frustrating as possible. Um, and Grealish on the pitch would give England that ability, if Scotland tried to do that, to, to beat men, win free kicks, get through them. So I like it from that point of view. But then when I try and dream that scenario, okay, we're going to sit deep and we're going to soak it up and then we're going to hit them on the break. I mean, we've got no pace. So that dream sort of dies quite quickly. 
Greg, how are you feeling? I'm excited more than anything. I think any listeners who've been tuning in regularly would would have gathered that by now. Just just to be here, just to be in the tournament and to have a a game of this magnitude to look forward to. Look, I'd be amazed if we got something from the game. Um, there are changes I would like to see to the team, whether we will or not. I, I don't know. Um, I think if you look look on the right, you know, Tierney's return would be huge. Obviously, the strongest part of our team would be doing the left flank. But then you look on the other side, and if we've got Henry and O'Donnell or Henry and Forrest, that's a lot weaker. I, I said it before, and I know it's not going to happen. I would rather see McTominay play in the back three because we've got such a um, such strength in midfield you know Gilmore and McGregor people like that to come in in midfield plenty of, of options there I just I just look at our defence and I'm not I'm still not entirely convinced by that any any defence would have to be very strong to come up against England and ours is not looking the strongest so I'd, I'd, I'd be delighted to see Adams play and I still would like to see Dykes play because he's been a really great servant for for Clark and you know I, I wouldn't be averse to seeing us just get getting it forward quick and getting right in about them <laughs> because <laughs> because yeah, let's be honest yeah. absolutely like you know <laughs> there will be periods of the game where we have where we could do that and cause them trouble the, the, England's weakness is, is central defence and if we've got two two strikers who can cause them trouble do it and then we, you know that's create some space and we can start playing some football after that but I would if we play two, two up top get it forward quickly do you agree Johnny? Yeah, my confidence is coming back. Thanks for that, Gregor. Yeah, um, I, I, I spoke to Michael Grant earlier on, and, and he thinks uh, it will be Dykes and um, and and Adams, which which I agree is 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 you know probably gives us a best chance. I would like to still see a bit of pace somewhere, somewhere getting Ryan Fraser into the equation as well, but I'm not sure how that works. Um, Forrest to play on the right, give us give us something a bit more than O'Donnell did going forward. And yeah, it does sort of depend on on Tierney a little bit. If Tierney plays, then that does offer uh, a weapon against Reese James, brilliant as he is, young defender Tierney and Robertson ganging up on him, um, putting crosses into the the two lads in the middle. Yeah, yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> Gregor Robertson's team talk in that accent has made me wonder why he hasn't become a football manager because. <laughs> Just that alone in the interview is probably enough to get you a championship job, I'll be honest with you, Gregor. Um, do you think if Scotland lose, it's all over? Johnny? No. Um, no, I, I still think... I mean, the, the maths is probably... I'm probably getting it completely wrong, but I think there's still a, a scenario we could we could beat Croatia somehow and, and get through. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um I, I, I feel there'll be some way of, of doing something positive and yet still falling short and it might be winning that last game and that not being enough. I mean, let's face no one's saying it out loud, but come on, Scotland are a relatively small nation. Shouldn't they be thinking like uh, a small sure. nation? Because we've seen the small nations such as North Macedonia. What they've been North Macedonia have been very entertaining, but they've not they've not managed the tournament well. They've been far too keen to have fun and go at teams. I'd, would Steve Clark would not be better served to just treat it as I'm gonna get a draw come come what may, no matter how dour yeah. and defensive we are, because 
then your maths do start to work, Johnny Northcroft, don't they? Because then you can save it all for the final game. You're not, on paper, you're not going to beat England unless something freaky happens. So go for the, go for the dour draw. Don't start talking about, oh, can we play four up top, please? (laughs) Alison, I'd take that to, I'd, I'd, I'd be absolutely delighted with the worst, most boring performance. And nil-nil, absolutely. But do I think we've got the defence to achieve that? Probably probably not. But yeah, God, make the game horrible. Spoil it. Frustrate the England fans. You know, just just forget the TV viewers at home. Anything. I'm just not sure we've got the team capable of that. Going two up top is not, does not mean we're going gung-ho. I would, you know, I'd be pretty, <laughs> confident, I'd be pretty confident that Steve Clark will be setting out to frustrate England. But as I say... If you've got two kind of two big strong lads against England's biggest weakness, that's the way to go. And we've got players who can get up. You know, John McGinn is a bundle of energy. He can get up and, and support, get into the box, and maybe maybe uh, nab a, a winner. This wasn't doesn't sound much confidence that, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that's the Scotland side of things dealt with anyway, gentlemen. Appreciate it, Alison Rudd, Henry Winter. Let's deal with England. Alison, how do you think the game will go? Be realistic now. How do you think it will go? Careful. <laughs> this is crystal ball stuff, isn't it? I, it's going to be wet. It's not going to be cold. It's going to be a good atmosphere. I think the Southgate will, if he does make a couple of changes, there'll be in terms of youth and energy, that'll give the whole team a bit of a boost. I think Southgate probably will deliver a pretty clever team talk about let's not let's not let the hype get in our heads. They're just Scotland. Let's just do what we do best. And it'll be it'll be a fairly comfortable win. Unless Scotland are brave, brave beyond brave, and don't, you know, just make it a really nasty, ugly defensive performance. And then the crowd might start to get bit antsy and then a few players might lose their shape, their cool and so on. uh, Otherwise, it's going to be a reasonably comfortable, comfortable win for Scotland. As I did, as I have mentioned before, I think Scotland expended far too much energy energy on their opening match. And I, you know, and they've given, they've given England the template to look at. This is Scotland doing their emotional stuff, going for it. I did like Scotland's energy levels in their opening game. And um, I can't see them summoning more. So they can't even surprise England with that. They've shown their hand, really. I don't think they've got another gear in terms of um, sheer energy. So they may as well put their energy into being extremely defensive. One quick word of advice. Lock your social media. Just whatever you can do to protect yourself over the next 24 hours is a great idea. Um, Henry Winter, you've heard it all now. You've heard Jonathan Northcroft, Gregor Robertson and Alison Rudd's views on, on the match. What about you? First England-Scotland game I went to was in 1984 and I was in the Scotland end at Hampden Park and Tony Woodcock equalised. I think Mark McGee scored the opener, that the boys will tell me. And it was, it, was, it was absolutely crazy. And my respect for the Scottish fans, for the Tartan Army, and for, for Johnny and Gregor, honestly, I can absolutely, I can tell Alison immediately, the one thing that 
Gareth Southgate is a very measured individual anyway. He's been involved in four games, two as a manager, two as a player against Scotland. One thing he won't be telling his players is they're just Scotland. This is a man who was raised watching Dalgleish and Souness, who knows the story of Jim Baxter's keepy up in, in 67, who knows all about Jinky Johnson going for a, a sort of row in, in uh, off large <laughs> down, down the Clyde without any rollers. And then, sort of, and then getting so much stick from the Scots that he went and tore England apart at Hamden four days later. This is the country of John Collins. <laughs> this is absolutely the this sense of English arrogance that I have naturally within, but I never expressed <laughs> anywhere close to the world's <laughs> oldest fixture, which I can remember Don Hutchison. Johnny, you'd have been there. Gregor, you're yeah, probably I there was. as well. I mean, Don Hutchison, terrorising defence, which included Tony Adams, Sol Campbell, not bad players, Alison, they're just England, I know, but they're good defenders. <laughs> and Gareth Southgate was in there as well. So I can promise you that Southgate will be saying, this is Scotland. When they put that shirt on for an England game, it's 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 more than for any other game. So Alison might not have been impressed with them in their first game, <laughs> but this is England and Scotland. Different rules apply. Are you telling me, if, if you sat down with Andy Robertson, I sat down with him at the start of about, well, 12 months ago, and he was already getting up for this, the possibility of facing England. John McGinn is absolutely up for this. Uh, all those Scottish players, Scott McTonnelly, particularly if, say, Luke Shaw and other players that he knows are going to be out there, he's going to be absolutely pumping through that midfield. So if Scotland was slightly disappointing the other night, they won't. With 2,800 of their fans there, particularly when the England fans, with their usual charm, will boo their way through the Scottish national anthem, will sing all their abusive songs about Gordon Strachan, whoever, I promise you, the Scots will be up with them. They may be, they may be small in numbers, but they're not small in heart. Neither in North Macedonia. You've just got to be cleverer than that, Henry, haven't you? So you're comparing Scotland with North Macedonia. <laughs> Johnny and Gregor, I'm sorry, but... How on earth are you going to allow Henry, Henry Winter no, to no. make a stronger case for no, Scotland no, no. than you two do? I am, I am, I am cancelling Gregor's team talk. Henry's doing the team talk. That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Henry, is Henry predicting a Scotland victory in that case? My, my team talk is all about respect. And that is absolutely key in this. And that is what Southgate, we spoke to Southgate tonight. The, sort of the, the, uh, the briefings, which was the only vaguely humorous part of it, was when my cat decided to join in because he was rather intrigued by Southgate's <laughs> voice. And Southgate said, I don't worry, it, it happens to me all the time. England may need a cat in goal. Listen, I've just got too much respect for the Scots. To, and, and one of the Scottish journalists, Johnny, you probably know who it was. One of the Scottish journalists in the open the session was 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 fishing. He was clearly wanting a little lie. Yeah. You probably saw it. And I just burst out laughing when I heard it, actually. Unfortunately, yeah. I was on mute because you just knew they wanted that because they wanted the team. Board. But this is a different England team. That arrogance, Southgate's got rid of all that. They're no big-time Charlies, whatever you want to call them. I know what the, the, the All Blacks call them. None of those type of characters are in the squad. They're, they're three or four quite full-of-themselves English players who are never going to get anywhere near this England squad because Southgate's all about humility. So, look, they may be just Scotland to Alisson, but they're not just Scotland to the England team. They're the team of Andy Robertson. They're the team of possibly Billy Gilmore coming off the bench. They will be absolutely fighting for the cause. Well, therefore, Henry, and you are being patronising to Scotland unless you now say they're going to win. 
I'm not being patronising to Scotland. I thought I thought you were incredibly patronising to Scotland. I was just no, saying. No, if, you, if you're we, that nice about no, Scotland, saying, you have to I'm think they saying, can win it. No, I'm just saying that we have to have complete respect because Alison, what you're doing is is anathema to Southgate. You're completely playing into the Scots' hands because that's what they absolutely want. They will have. They want the. Uh, I heard it a couple of times tonight with pundits, and I'm going, no, don't say that because it's all it's more fuel to the fire. We've wound them up, Johnny. We've wound them up. Yeah, <laughs> you've got it. I hope they like this in the dressing room. I hope they like this arguing over it. No, it's only Scotland. Southgate's going. Oh no. Keep your heads on. <laughs> Genuinely, the reality of this fixture, I probably agree with Henry, is that for me, this is a more winnable game for Scotland than the Croatia game because of the context between the two countries and because of the fear. I think England will have a huge fear of losing to Scotland at home. You know, and I think this fixture brings all of those emotions out that the, the game against Croatia won't, you know, and Scotland will, I think, give absolutely everything to beat England because those players know doesn't matter what happens at Euro 2020. If they go and beat England at Wembley in a major competition, they'll always be remembered. Always. The night will always be remembered by Scotland fans. It's, it's a huge, huge match for them. You've definitely wet the appetite. I appreciate all the strong opinions tonight. Jonathan Northcroft, Henry Winter, Gregor Robertson and Alison Rudd. I'm not even going to ask you your predictions, but we will be back in 24 hours to dissect that England match. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a cracker at Wembley. I cannot wait. Really looking forward to it. You guys, make sure you come back and join us while we discuss that 24 hours from now, as I say. And make sure you are subscribed to The Times and The Sunday Times right now across all of your devices. If you sign up today, you can get it for less than £1 a day. Just go online, search thetimes.co.uk forward slash the game to start your free trial. England Scotland tomorrow. Yeah, as I say, I cannot wait. We'll see you soon. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.